welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus Podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Before I tell you who we interviewed today, I want to remind you about the Cindy Eckert event coming up on May 6th from 2 to 3 p.m. Central Time. Cindy is a boss babe. She is the founder of Sprout Pharmaceuticals that went on to sell for over a billion dollars. Sprout Pharmaceuticals developed Addy, which is a sexual um, enhancement drug for women who are experiencing low libido. Um, Tickets are only $10. They are running out. And if you are not available from 2 to 3 p.m. Central Time, no worries. You know, maybe you're working at a job and you have another meeting or Maybe you live in Tokyo and it's 3 a.m. Well, there's also a ticket type for you to just get a recording sent to you. So no excuses. Come meet Cindy. We have some really awesome questions already coming in for us to ask her. Really excited about that. You can get your tickets at femtechfocus.com. All right. So that's where you get the ticket, femtechfocus.com. And uh, follow us on social. We're posting about it every day. Now, today's episode, I interview Roya Paxid, CEO and founder of Feminade. Feminade is a startup based out of Los Angeles, and it's an online concierge for women's hormone and reproductive health based on naturopathic and holistic health. She talks about their at-home Dutch test, which measures hormones for women. And once again, we get into the topic of believing women that if you think your body is not functioning properly or if there's an issue, if you can't find a doctor that says, you're right, we should look into this and doesn't just prescribe you the pill, then um, Feminade is a great resource for, for you because you should be believed and you know your body should function the way you know it should. So this is a great interview. I uh, can't wait for you to hear it. Yeah, so it's your first podcast? Yes, yes, it is. And I couldn't be more excited to be on a femtech, you know, focus podcast and just want to really, really thank you for doing this. It's actually been, you know, about time that someone, you know, did a podcast only focused on femtech. Mm-hmm. And this is going to help raise more awareness around femtech, which is so much needed. And, you know, femtech has a really great re- momentum right now. Yep. And you are going to really contribute a lot to this. So thank you for doing this. Honestly, it's my pleasure. I'm having so much fun doing this. It's like not even fair. I'm, I'm loving it. We have over 300 subscribers already. And we only started, you know, we have six episodes incredible incredible and you're going to see that number spike for sure Mm -hmm. well i'm so excited for our listeners to hear about your story roya is that how you pronounce your name roya yes beautiful name yes yes so you want me to go ahead and just start from my background yeah tell us about your background where are you from what did you study how'd you get into femtech Sure, absolutely. So I am the founder and CEO of a company called Feminade, which in a little bit we'll get about it. It's around, you know, an online concierge dedicated for women's hormone and reproductive health. We want to help women to get to the root cause of their hormonal imbalance symptoms the quickest, most efficient way possible. It's based on naturopathic holistic with a little bit of integrative medicine involved as well. And so my background really quick, I, you know, got an engineering degree from UC Berkeley. I am inherently a problem solver. I look at systems, products, and I'm always thinking of how can we make this system more efficient? How can we make this product more easily, readily accessible at a more affordable uh, price? So I'm always trying to, um, you know, make things more accessible and obviously being a woman the topic that I'm focused on right now hits at home it's very personal to me Uh, the I'll just start with you know the why and the why is really 
around a few statistics. 80 to 90% of women are dealing with and suffering from hormonal imbalance symptoms. And it takes around six to eight years for these women to get diagnosed. Why is that? Why does it take so long for women to finally be diagnosed? If you just go on Google right now, and here's a reason why, if you go on hmm. Google and type in women's symptoms dismissed, you will see around 3 million articles, data, literature about how women's symptoms are being dismissed in our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge gap when it comes to women's reproductive health and just women's health in general. You know, their symptoms are being dismissed as voices in their head, or it's just stress related, or you're just a woman, this is normal, deal with it. Mm -hmm. It is crazy how many times women are told their irregular period or painful period or heavy period is just normal, it's just part of being a normal, uh, being a woman. Well, I'm here to say it is not. There's so many incredible doctors out there, so much evidence out there and data to prove that it is not normal. So if you're dealing with any type of hormonal imbalance symptoms, whether it be brain fog, depression, low libido, hair loss, um, cystic acne, PMS, painful period, it is not normal. And that is the way of your body telling you that something is off and you have to get that checked out. Um, well, and how is conventional medicine currently curing hormonal imbalance symptoms is by prescribing them the pill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, the problem with the pill is that as many women, many health experts and doctors and data research can attest to this, is that the birth control pill is only a band-aid solution as, at best. It is basically synthetic hormones injected in women's bodies. So when women take the hormonal you know, birth control, it's shutting down their normal reproductive system and it tricks in the body and thinking that it is pregnant. So that's why the that's symptoms right. temporarily go away, mm -hmm. but it is doing a lot of damage in the background for women's health. There are a lot of literature, published literature, stating that the birth control pill also depletes the body from vital nutrients and vitamins. So clearly the birth control pill is not the right root cause solution. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I did a lot of research when I, a little bit of, again about my background, I moved to Los Angeles uh, two and a half years ago after living in San Francisco for about 14 years. And when I came here, one of the things I absolutely love about LA is the health and wellness community here and how quote unquote woke they are when it comes to health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Like they're all, I feel like Los Angeles a few steps ahead when it comes to health and wellness and you see most of the health and wellness trends, they start from LA. Um, and so that really got me into the community of women's health, a lot of natural, I started following a lot of naturopathic and holistic doctors and this whole topic of birth control and women's hormonal imbalance symptoms just became a topic that I really, really became passionate about and I decided to make this my work and come up with a solution for this. So the right approach that I see a lot of doctors, including Dr. Carrie Jones, um, you know, Dr. Jolene Brighton, and you know, uh, Alyssa Vitti from Flow, Flow Living. A lot of them are looking at it from a root cause standpoint. So, which is basically, we have to look at a woman's body, we have to look at her lifestyle, we have to look at her genetics, her health history, her family health history. And before we prescribe them any pill or supplement, let's test and see what's going on with their body. Mm -hmm. And so this is when I discovered the Dutch test, which is a dried urine test for women. Now, the Dutch test is the most sensitive advanced test for women's hormones. It provides metabolites. It'll measure metabolites that are not available in blood and saliva. And it this alone provides, you know, uh, doctors with a lot of announced and effective treatment plans. So knowing these metabolites and um, also metabolites that, that it can increase um, risks of cancer and osteoporosis, it'll show you all of that. So that's when I really started obsessing over the Dutch test and this idea of how do we make this Dutch test more accessible, mm -hmm. democratize you know, Dutch test to more uh, women and have them get to the root cause in the quickest way possible. And that is really how the whole idea and concept of Feminate was born. This online concierge that provides 
at-home testing, as well as telehealth. So another really important component to this test is the reviews, the results need to be reviewed with a licensed naturopathic doctor. Mm -hmm. This is not something that patients can directly just look at the results and be able to make any sense of it. Mm -hmm. It's very complex. So when I was talking to a few doctors and advisors of, okay, so once we make this readily available to women, what's next? They've all said, you need to have a doctor to go over these test results with them, and then they can administer a treatment plan. So I was like, perfect. We will combine this at-home test, followed up by an online consultation. And again, everything will be done online at the comfort of women's pajamas. Like Mm -hmm. you go to our site and uh, answer some questions, order the test, wait for the results. Once your results are ready, you can book your online consultation. The doctor will go over the test results and also review your health history and provide a great treatment plan. And from there, we want to make sure that we still monitor women, Mm -hmm. which is why our business model is a membership subscription based Mm -hmm. model. Um, and this way we're also helping women alleviate the costs so they can break down their costs instead of, you know, charging them hundreds and hundreds and if not thousands of dollars, we're going to be charging them a nominal monthly fee. That way it's not only financial, not a burden for women, but we are able to monitor them and making sure that they're seeing improvements in their um, symptoms. So, yeah, that's, wow. that's basically. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. This is awesome. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. good. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, I just like put them in all over the place. You, but yeah, this is uh, but one thing for your audience to know that we are in pre-launch phase. In mm-hmm. fact, about two launch two weeks and onboard our first beta users. And we're super, super excited. This is a phase where we're going to learn about, a lot about our customers, mm-hmm. refine and, and fine tune our business model and our different plans that we're going to offer. So yeah, stay tuned uh, on that, but go ahead. Do you already yours. have the beta users signed up? Or are you looking for more? No. So we are literally, I have a chief medical officer and an incredible medical advisory board. We are all currently literally, they, they already have, patients that are ready to be Perfect. beta users. Great. The Great. second we launch, we're onboarding them. And yeah, we're just going to wait and start this process. And like I said, we're going to use this time as a trial period for ourselves to really learn our customers, their user mm-hmm. experience. What yeah. is it that they really want and care for? How can we adjust the prices? And what is the best, most optimal solution yeah. for them? Well, let us know when you launch, because we will definitely post it on all our social channels at Femtech Focus oh, on all, all of the channels. 100%. So absolutely. You know, I can totally attest to, you know, the stories and personal experience of hormone imbalance and just being, you know, prescribed the pill to fix it. Um, But what age group are you mostly targeting? Is it women from like are little girls struggling with this? Are older women struggling with this? Or is there like a subset of ages? Who what target group of women is the most affected by hormone imbalance? That is a great question. And the answer is every woman in their reproductive ages. Currently, the average age of reproductive age is anywhere from 15 all the way to 49. Some uh, articles will say from 12 years old all the way to 51. So we are narrowing that down a little bit more between the 15 age and 45. However, if you think about it, uh, is it more likely for a teenage girl to just go on a website and order a hormone test kit or for a woman who's more in her millennial, you know, a millennial woman who's in her twenties or thirties. And where our guess is, again, we haven't launched yet, but our guess is our really uh, sweet spot target audience will be women in their mid to late twenties, all the way up to their mid forties, uh, where they have more of a purchasing power um, and make more purchasing decisions. When it comes to the teenage girls, we're thinking their moms will be our target audience mm-hmm. where they will come across our platform and they will see that we're offering a root cause, very quick solution. And if their daughter is dealing with some sort, their teenage daughter is dealing with a hormonal imbalance symptom, they can, you know, sign up and subscribe on their behalf for them. Um, and so, yeah, it's women's of reproductive age. Mm-hmm. But right now our focus is uh, women in their mid twenties, all the way up to uh, their forties, mid forties. So, like hitting perimenopause and menopause, and before that, yeah. So from twenty five up into perimenopause and menopause. Yeah. What are symptoms of hormone imbalance? How would someone know if they needed to get your test? 
Oh, it is a wide range of symptoms, and that's a great question. It could be anything from PMS, as simple as PMS. So you are having very heavy, um, painful periods. That is not normal. And I want everyone in the audience that's listening to this, if you're seeing the slightest abnormality or irregularity in your symptoms, it is not normal. And then it, the list goes on. Depression, infertility, cystic acne, hair loss, um, mood swings. Um, a lot of, you know, uh, mental and mood disorders are also related to your um, uh, hormonal imbalance symptoms. So there is a wide range and we are addressing all of them. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, we've had two other um, interviewees on the podcast and one was doing at-home testing for PCOS to help doctors get closer mm -hmm. to that that you know, diagnosis. And then we also had Joe Connolly with uh, Visana Health who did, um, he has um, endometriosis, you know, digital health. And so where does hormonal imbalance come into play when it's versus uh, PCOS and endometriosis? And I'm sorry to our listeners, if you hear dogs moving around, we are living in the time of COVID and my dogs are very active for some oh, reason. I, oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So actually you mentioned two really, really popular um, side effects and conditions that women deal with, PCOS and endometriosis, which is by the way, extremely difficult for doctors, doc very smart doctors out there to diagnose. We mm -hmm. are 100% focusing on that as well. And I'm sorry I missed that out. Again, the list is so long, PCOS and endometriosis. <laughs> Definitely. And PCOS has been known as the number one factor that causes infertility in a lot of women. And the, actually, Alyssa Vitti was one of the women who really, really inspired me. I've been following in this industry. Um, she uh, apparently used to suffer from PCOS, and she was told by a lot of health experts that she will not be able to, uh, you know, get pregnant or, uh, you know, ever the chance to um, have a baby. And she took matters in her own hand. She ignored what the doctors told her because she listened, decided to listen to her own body, take matters into her own hand. And through changing her diet, nutrition, lifestyle, she has now cured her, you know, PCOS and has launched an incredible platform for women, which is called The Flow Living. So I would say she's been a huge inspiration for Feminate. We want to send out this message to every woman that your symptoms are not in your head. Mm -hmm. We want to create a platform where women are heard, understood, and then provide them root cause solutions. And yeah. that's exactly um, what we are on a mission to accomplish at Feminate. And hormonal imbalance which hormones are we talking about and in which direction are they imbalanced let's go into biology a little bit because uh i am a geneticist and i this is probably my favorite part of all the interviews <laughs> absolutely so just to be clear i am since i don't have a you know doctor's degree but i do have an incredible incredible team of medical doctors some of the most important female hormones are estrogen and progesterone, and these are the huge drivers when it comes to our symptoms. Mm. So the majority of women out there are suffering from estrogen dominance. So a lot of your PMS symptoms are because of your estrogen dominance. And it's incredible how with a few changes of your diet, you can balance the estrogen. But first and foremost, it is really important that you do take the test to find out in addition, for example, to being estrogen dominant, let's see how you're metabolizing your estrogen and what's going on with all of your other estrogens. So progesterone, estrogen, cortisol, testosterone, all of these are important. There are tons of other hormones. I have mm -hmm. a list of them um, <laughs> and all have funny um, names and, and, and abbreviations. Um, but so estrogen and progesterone are some of the two main key uh, players uh, when it comes to women's hormones and so yeah it's yeah. it's extremely important um, your diet your stress levels your lifestyle genetics um, family history and all of that plays a key role in yeah. your hormones let's talk a little bit about why birth control is being prescribed to women so my understanding is that birth control is essentially progesterone which is a hormone that convinces your body that you are pregnant and therefore you should not release any eggs. And so that is how progesterone works. The only reason I know the biology about this is because um, my last dating app company I owned, Faramore, uh, we did mm -hmm. DNA testing for attraction and progesterone actually affects your attraction. 
Um, and so that's how I know about that biology. But why are doctors prescribing just like convincing your body you're pregnant and therefore all the symptoms hopefully go away? That is a great question. And so a few things about that. There are different types of, there are actually a lot of different types of birth controls out there. There's a progesterone only and there's a combination pill. Mm. And so depending on, and each one of them come with different kinds of side effects. So the doctors will do a quick analysis of like, you know, asking a few questions and then they'll prescribe. And, and the funny thing is they actually don't know what kind of birth control to prescribe. They'll just prescribe one form yeah. and then just wait for the patient to come back and say, Oh my God, I'm having horrible uh, side effects on this. Can we try some, can put, can you put me on something else? So the reason why doctors are prescribing birth control is a great question is because they've been trained mm -hmm. at school uh, that are most likely funded by big pharma to they've been trained to push and sell pharmaceutical you know prescriptions and and, and you know write those prescriptions and uh, prescribe those drugs and I know this might not sit well with a lot of people out there but this is just the simple truth mm -hmm. and unfortunately conventional medicine doctors were not trained to look at patients holistically mm -hmm. to do a full analysis of their lifestyle their diet they were just told to grab their pen and paper and prescribe a pill mm -hmm. and to put a Band-Aid, a Band-Aid solution. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing they do with antidepressants, with 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 antibiotics, with mm -hmm. birth control pill. This is just how they have been trained mm -hmm. in medical school. Mm -hmm. So, and again, this is not an issue only pertaining women's health and hormonal imbalance symptoms. It's an issue... Uh, uh, you know, basically, uh, affecting the entire healthcare system. Yeah. So, you know, a lot yeah. of our interviewees on this podcast have mentioned, it's really hard to diagnose PCOS or endometriosis or sexual dysfunction because doctors not only are not trained for sexual dysfunction or not trained yeah. for, you know, endometriosis treatment, but they only have six minutes with the patient. And how are you going to talk about nutrition, stress, lifestyle, symptoms, everything in six minutes? So I always, you know, we have a lot of doctors on this podcast. I'm a big fan of, you know, our frontline healthcare workers. And this is not necessarily on them, but it's a systematic issue, right? The training and then the how much time you have with the patient, right? You brought up another incredible point. It's funny, sometimes we wait longer in the waiting room that we spend with the actual doctor. <laughs> Most times. <It> is <laughs> Majority it, of the time. <laughs> this has been my experience every mm -hmm. single time. The time that it takes to get to the doctor's office, the time that it takes for me to wait in the doctor's office, and the time that I get to spend with the actual doctor, mm -hmm. it's like... The doctor's always in such a rush to leave. And I'm like, but wait, I wanted to tell you about this, 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 and this, and this. And I had all these other questions. I mm -hmm. want to learn more. I want to know, you know. And so that is definitely one of the things we're going to address at Feminine. We are spending at least 30 to 45 minutes on each patient visit, online patient visit oh, with our a patient. We want to take the time to really understand what's going on with women, making sure they don't feel like they're dismissed. And so you brought up, you really nailed it. That's another big problem. They only take 10 to 50 minutes and then they grab their pen and paper and prescribe you with Band-Aid solution pills. Yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. you know, a personal story. I like to get personal on this podcast. Authenticity goes a long what? way, right? And right. I can remember it was probably like five, six years ago, I was having really irregular periods and was trying to get on the right type of birth control because that's what my paradigm was, was I just need the right pill to help me, right? Uh -huh. And um, I got prescribed a pill that was like heavy, heavy duty, like intense hormone. I don't remember if it was heavy progesterone or estrogen, but whenever I'd have, uh, my period w became regular but I was like super hormonal that week. Like my breasts grew two sizes, like, like they actually hurt. Like my pain wasn't actually cramping. My pain was from my breasts getting so big during my period because this, this prescription I was on for birth control was so intense. And then uh, like a six months to a year later, I got a new doctor and I told them like, oh yeah, I'm on this. And he was like, why the hell are you on this like super intense dose of hormone like this? How are you feeling? And I was like, well, uh, I'm regular. And he's like, no, 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 you don't need that. You know? 
Absolutely. I actually have a personal story and that I want to share another woman who reached out to me who had just moved from Europe to America. So first about my story, I was also on the birth control pill in 2016. Uh, this wasn't necessarily for symptom management. This was just for contraception reasons. But oh my God, I was only on it for three to four months and I basically turned into another human being. Mm -hmm. I was extremely depressed to a point where I was suicidal and I didn't even know what it feels like to be suicidal until I experienced it on this pill. On top of that weight gain and I also like low libido. And mm -hmm. that is like, for me is, you know, something that I definitely know if that happens, something is off. And, um, I also remember, you know, chronic yeast infection wasn't, was probably the worst because oh, anyone here is any one of your audience and anyone in your mm -hmm. audience has ever gotten yeast infected. You know how, uncomfortable that is mm -hmm. so it became a chronic and I was like oh my god what's going on is this is this how I'm going to be like for the rest of my life and I kept contacting my OBGYN at the time telling her about my symptoms she never once told me it may or may not be because of your birth control mm -hmm. I had to do my own google search um like a lot of lot of Google search <laughs> and finally found out for myself that yes, it's because of the birth control can one of the negative side effects of the birth control is chronic yeast infection. So I, the second I stopped it, my symptoms slowly but surely started going away and I went back to normal. So this is, I am just one, this is this story that I said, my story is a story of millions of women out there. A few months ago, as some women started to notice that I'm in this space, I started getting DMs and, and approached by a few women. A woman, one woman in particular from Europe reached out to me saying, Roy, I absolutely love what you're doing with Feminate, um, et cetera. And I want to actually tell you about my personal experience. She used to live in Germany and had recently moved to the States. And she just wanted to switch. You know, she had to switch her gynecologist to a gynecologist here in the U.S. And she had to switch her birth control. Mm -hmm. And apparently the doctor in the U.S. gave her a birth control, prescribed her a birth control that according to European standard was illegal. Wow. And I asked her, what do you mean illegal? She said, well, I wasn't feeling well on this birth control. So I ended up contacting my gynecologist in Germany. And when I gave her the name and the dosage of the birth control that I was taking in the U.S., the gynecologist in Germany got so angry and mad. It was like, how is it even legal to prescribe this birth control in the States? And she said, well, this is what I got. So she ended up, long story short, switching back to the normal dosage. So the thing is, it's not the end of the world to prescribe, you know, birth control pill. Just mm -hmm. make sure it's the healthy dosage. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and yeah, and and birth control was first founded in nineteen in the nineteen you know sixties. It's been around sixty years since we've had the birth control pill, with very very little changes or innovation done in this space. So. This is another, you know, huge, huge issue that, you know, and I'm seeing a lot of great companies coming out of the woodworks and trying to do things about this founded by women, which is so incredible. It gives me hope. But I really, really hope that the pharmaceutical industry looks at this and starts making some fundamental changes as yeah, well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of the pill I'm on now and like, I'm doing good. And yeah. I think that the pill does Perfect. allow women to have, you know, uh, freedom and their reproductive health in the way that, you know, is Absolutely. good for them. And it, you know, there are the pills, uh, at the right dose and the right amount that it does help their health. Absolutely. And so we're not anti-pill on this pot on this episode, y'all. We ain't anti-pill. We're, no. we are pro Absolutely. you feeling good, you know? We are pro. We are pro listening to women mm -hmm. and pro informed consent. Mm. So as long as doctors are, you know, sharing and and disclosing that you know this this pill might give you these types of side effects. If you feel these side effects, call us. We'll change your dosage. Just that little you know, just chit chat in the office and that six to 10 minutes that they take, just share some information about the possible negative side effects so that they can be put on a better dosage for them. So mm -hmm. exactly. We're not anti-pill. And I know actually access to birth control, a lot of areas in this country, especially rural areas is an issue. So mm -hmm. giving women the freedom to choose, uh, if they're taking the birth control for contraception reasons, especially it is extremely empowering for we women to have that choice yeah. to decide when and if they want to get pregnant. That's right. So let's, like you said, be clear on, we're, I think we're pro 
pro-choice and pro-woman and pro-informed consent. Yep. Just yep, let us know. Yep, we exactly. Want, we want information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell us about some of the natural remedies to balance your hormones? That was really interesting. Tell me more about that. Exactly. So some of the fa- my favorite supplements for women that I, you know, from following a lot of incredible doctors throughout the past two years, magnesium. Magnesium is a supplement that is extremely important, vital for women's and, you know, a lot of reproduction, reproductive functions. Magnesium. Um, we got zinc. Uh, selenium, vitamin E, vitamin C, uh, vitamin A, vitamin D, which women and women are deficient in vitamin D. So these are all incredibly important supplements. And so just one thing about Feminade, once we launch our telehealth and at-home testing, our long-term vision is to absolutely come out with our own line of supplements as well. And so that's something that we're really, really exciting because when it comes to women's physiology, we're just obviously built different than men. And we are seeing the launch and um, you know growth of supplement companies that are specific to women, and we definitely want to continue uh, and contribute to this movement. You know, there are companies like Ritual who have multivitamins um, dedicated for women and based on modern science, and so we definitely want to continue and to contribute to the space. So we will have our own line of supplements as well, addressing specific women's health issues mm-hmm. and with a focus mm-hmm. on reproductive health. Yeah. And just to be clear, I think I'm understanding this right, but just for our listeners, right? Like you're not saying that supplements can be a form of birth control. You're saying supplements could help oh, you with balancing not. out your hormones and um, potentially if you want to be pregnant, fertility purposes, right? Absolutely. I wish there was a supplement <laughs> that could okay, work. Cool. Oh my God. That's literally, that's literally the product, the, the dream product that I would love to be the creator of it. A supplement that is also birth control. No, mm-hmm. we are, like you said, exactly supplements that can replenish mm-hmm. uh, whatever the birth control pill uh, is depleting from you you should probably take supplements to make up for that to replenish mm-hmm. your body with whatever vital nutrients and vitamins that it has been depleted yeah uh, and like you said exactly you want to prepare your body for pregnancy to ensure successful pregnancy and to avoid events like miscarriage, et cetera. It is really important to make sure you're taking the right nutrients, vitamins, and supplements um, to prepare your body for that. Well, we get most of our nutrients from food, right? So do you offer dietary suggestions? So of course, on our platform, once the woman goes over her first consultation. And once they review the test results with the patients, they will suggest a full diet supplement lifestyle plan to the patients. In addition to these visits, we are planning on launching an online library of courses and educational content, kind of like a Mm -hmm. self-help. Our long, long long-term vision is to replace Dr. Google. So when women (laughs) have any questions, we're the right supplement. <laughs> Seriously, when women have questions on, okay, I'm feeling really fatigued. What are the possible nutrients and vitamins that I'm missing in my body? You can literally go on the feminine, you know, platform under our contents and you know educational courses. Type in those words. You will see a bunch of articles, videos, courses around that topic. Yeah. And this is all going to be based on the latest, uh, you know science and breakthrough, uh, created by the best of the best, uh, you know, doctor, you you said Dr. Google, it reminds me of Dr. Phil, right? They're like not real doctors. (laughs) Everyone is like accepted it, but it's not real. I, I had had to, um, rely on Dr. Google myself and I'm not saying every (laughs) single article on Google is bad. There's some, but there's also a lot of like mommy blogs that's when it gets gray, you know, that you get into this gray area of wait, which who's saying, you know, who should I trust and who mm-hmm. should I believe? So we want to create a, a platform that articles written only by doctors who went to school and studied for this and mm-hmm. it's their life life's work. So yeah, we want to create a trusted source of information for women. Can you give us an example of the type of food that might be suggested to not eat anymore and versus what you should eat more of? 
I will say something. This is a general rule of thumb. Dairies, dairy, <laughs> dairy is scary. There's a thing called dairy is scary. <sighs> and I really personally can attest to this. Every time I eat dairy, I just, excuse my French, I just feel like crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can say that word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're explicit, <laughs> explicit podcast. <laughs> foremost I start breaking out all over my face I feel bloated and so and I started looking into it so the dairy especially dairies produced in this country are injected with synthetic hormones and so you have a lot of synthetic hormones and injected so when you're consuming dairy you're consuming all of that with it and a lot of this creates and causes uh, in, in, you know, fluctuations in your hormones and your mm-hmm. causes ultimate hormonal imbalance. And so that is one thing I will say, if you can avoid dairy at all costs, um, go to, if you are really crazy about dairy and you, you cannot avoid it, I would really suggest pasteurized goat dairy is really good. Um, is a great alternative, mm-hmm. uh, to cow dairy. Um, so that is that one thing I've personally done because I love, love eggs. I really love eggs. I would have eggs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner if I can. But unfortunately, every time I have them, I start breaking out and I just feeling, you know, not my best self. Mm-hmm. So I try to minimize it as much as I can and avoid it as much as I can. Organic alternatives, of course, and pasteurized alternatives are definitely recommended again i am not a nutritionist or doctor by any means but i feel like i've been doing so much research every single day Mm -hmm. on what is good what's not good that i kind of like um yeah i'm just sharing other doctors recommendations and sharing other scientific um resources and data also based on my own personal Mm -hmm. you know experience Mm -hmm. or to my body as well. Yeah, in my young adulthood, I started drinking almond milk, and now I've been drinking that for over a decade. And um, if I go back and visit my mother, she, we, I grew up and she still drinks whole milk. And sometimes I'll drink yeah. some of her whole milk, and I'm like, You raised me on milkshakes. This literally tastes like a milkshake, <laughs> you know, exactly. in comparison to almond milk, you know, which is more lighter and, you know, they even have some flavors and all that stuff. So. Can you tell me more about the Dutch test? So if a woman orders this Dutch test, you said it's like a a pee strip type of deal and it gets sent out, gets analyzed. But my understanding is that hormones change so much, even within a day, in a week, in a month, right? And so is this something that women are going to have to do the test multiple times to get a good, you know, perspective on her health? I'm so, that is a fantastic question, Dr. Brittany. So the whole great thing about this urine test is it'll give you a full picture of the 24-hour cycle of a mm. woman's hormone fluctuation. And this is exactly why the Dutch test is the best, most sensitive and advanced test when it comes to women's hormones. The saliva and blood will only give you a snapshot of a woman's hormones at the time that the sample was collected. But with urine, you're getting the full picture in the 24 hour. And that is exactly enough data and information for a doctor to understand how, first of all, what are a woman's hormones levels and their metabolites? How are they metabolizing? That is really, really key. And that right there, the metabolites, it's what differentiates the Dutch test, dry urine test from the regular saliva and serum test. Mm-hmm. Great, great question. And and this is why I started building this fascination around Dutch tests. And I was like, every single woman in the world should take this test. Yeah. And my goal is, I know this might sound like a very <laughs> um, ambitious goal. I want to have every woman to know your data, your hormone data mm-hmm. is just so empowering. You can now sit with your girlfriends in your in your brunch meetings or what, whenever the lockdown is over when you go to brunch. <laughs> my you know hormones and my estrogen levels were really high or like oh no I'm normal or it's just like you know to know what's going on in your body I just think it's really empowering and I want every woman to have access to that yeah I want to talk a little bit about what metabolism is just for our our listeners to comprehend and, and correct me if I'm wrong but you know my basic explanation of metabolism is that Everyone has enzymes in their body and they're breaking things down. And sometimes you have a lot of that enzyme and so things get broken down really fast. Sometimes you don't have a lot of that enzyme and so things don't get broken down fast. Sometimes you have a lot of the enzyme but it's ineffective 
And so you don't have a lot of breakdown. And all of those levels, because every enzyme is specific for some kind of substrate, whether that's a you know, type of amino acid or a hormone or something that needs to be broken down. So that's why you, you know, you're talking about these levels of metabolites, because everyone has these different, it's like, um, I don't know why I have it in my mind right now. You know, like when you listen to music and they have all those little bars that like pop up, right? It's, you know, mm-hmm. like with the beat and the sound and the treble, it's like, that's what's happening in your body, you know, depending on what you eat that day and how you slept and how your work life is going. And, you know, you have different Absolutely. levels of enzymes and they're working at different speeds. Absolutely. So again, because I'm not a doctor, I really don't want to like say something that is not true or factual, but it is what I do understand with regards to the Dutch test and with regards to hormones, it is extremely important again to not only know the properly detoxing estrogen that means you are holding on to a lot of estrogen in your body and that what causes estrogen dominance and estrogen dominance is the underlying cause so again this goes back to your diet it goes back to the supplements and it goes back to understanding women's physiologies so this biomarker of how a woman is metabolizing her estrogen mm-hmm. is extremely important biomarker and the dutch test the dried urine test will be able to show that to the doctors. And so that is as far as my understanding on the hormonal <laughs> level of metabolite. But of course, so when it comes to on a supplement level, you know, it's really important for these supplements to be the right therapeutic, to have the right therapeutic dosage of each ingredient so that our bodies and our enzymes can break them down mm-hmm. properly and make them absorbable by the body. Mm-hmm. This is why a lot of the supplements you see on the shelves, I, I hear this a lot, they're just filled with dust. What do they mean by that? It's because they don't have the correct therapeutic dosage in them. Mm-hmm. And so you you might be taking these supplements and thinking, oh, yeah, I'm taking vitamin D or vitamin A, vitamin E. But really, your body is not properly breaking them down mm-hmm. because they don't have the therapeutic dosages and your enzymes are not properly able to break them down. So this is why when you're taking your supplement, extremely important to consult with your doctor, uh, whether it's your medical doctor, naturopathic doctor, to get the right dosage mm-hmm. and also brand who's the manufacturer that makes these supplements mm-hmm. extremely important that is exactly why i'm going to make it our mission at feminate to partner with the best of the best labs out there and doctors out there mm-hmm. uh, i would highly recommend going with supplements that some incredible reputable doctors out there they literally attach their names on some of these supplements and when a doctor does that, you know these supplements have all been um, formulated and created by these doctors, and they've given their okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would definitely do research when it comes to supplements. So that is as much as I can tell about enzymes when it comes to supplements and also the dried urine test of what information yeah. it can give to doctors. So cool. It's like important. you're making um, hormone personalized medicine, right? So personalized medicine Absolutely. is people get their genome sequenced and you figure out on a genetic basis everything I just described in terms of how much enzyme you have, how effective the enzyme is. Because um, I actually was on a medication a few years ago, different medication, different personal story of medicine gone haywire. Mm -hmm. I was on a certain medicine that didn't seem to be effective. And I, um, as a geneticist, I knew there was genetic tests to figure out if this medicine would work for me or not took the test, turns out my body doesn't metabolize that drug. And so I was literally just peeing it out. I've been taking this drug for a year and I like my body didn't even know I had it in me. It just came right out. Right. And so that's what I hear you're talking about is like this Dutch test is allowing for this like personalized medicine because women are complex. We're so complex, right? One pill is not going to fix all of us. 100%. And that is literally the message. And that's why I found it feminine. You just nail it right now. There's not one pill that can fix you. You have to understand a woman's body and her mm-hmm. physiology, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. So we have a lot of listeners who are aspiring entrepreneurs that want to do something in femtech. Um, what is an area in women's health and wellness that you think needs innovating? It's a great opportunity for them to build something and do something about it. 
This is a great question. And since we've been talking a lot about it, I, I want to continue to you know, put my emphasis on this. I would love to see innovation and in non-hormonal birth control methods. Uh, like I said, the first pill was created and invented in the 60s. It's mm -hmm. been 60 years. The year is 2020. I would love to see some innovation in this space. And I do want to give shout out to one biotech company based in San Diego called EvoFem. Um, the founder and the CEO currently is this badass woman, uh, Sandra Palatier. They have come up with the very first non-hormonal birth control, which is a gel that women will insert in their vagina mm -hmm. right before sex. It not only is a non-hormonal, um, you know, birth control method, apparently according to their data, if you can go on their website, this gel is also supposed to prevent STDs, which I just think is a game changer. It's mm -hmm. like you're shooting multiple birds with one, um, with one stone. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm really excited about this drug personally. It hasn't come to the market as of yet. They're going through their final stages of clinical trial. I've met Sonder in person myself. She's an incredibly inspiring woman. All right. Tell um, her, very, tell her I want to interview her. She's next. Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> I will, I will make that intro or gladly I, I love her I, I think you should definitely have her on your podcast so would love to extremely need it mm -hmm. and then our last question oh, sure our last question is um what is femtech as an industry need the most right now i would love to see you know it's very exciting and encouraging to hear that in 2019 alone, there was $800 million in funding. Uh, I don't know how much of that was VC funding. I'm assuming a lot because those are huge numbers was made in femtech. That is amazing. This is the type of attention I was hoping that femtech would get and is getting. And apparently there have been one or two successful exits thus far and VCs, all they want to see is exit. So mm -hmm. hopefully that will even encourage them to start investing more. I would love to see more um, male investors starting to pay attention to femtech innovation. And I understand men don't really, you know, not all of them understand the women's physiology and the needs. I know this from a personal experience. When I was pitching to some male VCs about women hormone imbalance, they would stop me in the middle of my pitch and ask me, but how big of a problem is women's hormone imbalance? Mm -hmm. Is this even big of a problem? Is this mm -hmm. scalable? And I was just like, oh my God, yes, it is yeah. very big. So for, for, you know, I think it would be incredibly productive for some of these male VCs to try to understand it a little bit more. And I would like to see more funding coming from them. Another area I would like to see is more investment done in research, mm. uh, research on women's physiology. Again, I would love to see more women included in clinical trials right now. Most medical concepts are around understanding the male physiology, mm -hmm. and I would like to see some changes in that. I would love to see more women involved in these clinical trials because we're trying to understand a supplement or a product that is working on a woman, so let's have more women involved in these clinical trials. So those are areas. I would say research and having more women, just, again, the understanding of the woman physiology. That's right. Let's put more men in that. Yep. I mean, it's a problem when the clitoris anatomy was only discovered in 1998. That that tells you that's a problem, right? <laughs> it's not a hidden organ. We all knew it was there, but no one no one took the time to look at what it really looked like, you know? So many of the things around just period. What is a period? Why do we get period? What is ovulation? What is happening? I found out about these things in my 30s, and I'm <laughs> like... Was I asleep the whole time? Like, why didn't I understand? Why mm -hmm. do women get a monthly period? What all, like, all this information that I'm learning uh, right now, I wish I knew these growing up. Mm -hmm. And hopefully for our future generations, things will be different. So again, understanding the uh, women's physiology and then raising awareness around that. Awesome. I would love to see more of that happening. Definitely. Well, Roya, thank you so much for your time today. We're definitely going to promote your... Uh, uh, feminine product when it is live. So let us know the second it goes live, we will definitely blast it out. 
For sure. And for now, if anybody wants to just, you know, subscribe to our mailing list to be ready to know when we launch and are onboarding our beta users, they can just go to www.feminate.com and just, you know, subscribe. And we will be launching very soon. And on behalf of the entire Femtech community, I wanted to thank you, Dr. Brittany, for doing this. You are doing something incredible. And yes, I will go ahead and make that intro (laughs) to Sandra for sure. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. I will talk to you soon, Raya. Thank you. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my interview with Roya Paxid, CEO and founder of Feminade. We will definitely let our listeners know when it's on full launch. You know, you heard that it's currently in beta and we will definitely be letting you know when everyone can sign up. Speaking of signing up, don't forget the Cindy Eckert event is coming up this Wednesday, May 6th. Uh, get your tickets at www.femtechfocus.com. When you get your ticket, you can also submit a question to ask Cindy. And we've been getting so many really good questions. It's actually going to be hard to pick. Um, here's examples of three of them that I have uh, just hand-selected out of the pool of dozens of questions. As a current student and aspiring entrepreneur, what do you recommend is the best way to tap into the femtech market? Here's another one. What are Cindy's top three criteria in entrepreneurs that help determine whether she considers them investable? And another one. What is a piece of advice you would give a younger version of yourself? I personally want to know all the answers to these questions. This is really, really good stuff, so keep them coming. I may not even have any of my own questions. Just ask all of y'all. So please get your ticket and submit your question. And after you get your ticket for Cindy, please support the podcast by subscribing. Leave us a review and a comment and follow us on social media. We're on every platform at Femtech Focus. And until next time, keep innovating in femtech because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.